1: And welcome to the tour report from Secret Golf. It's our podcast this week for the CJ Cup. This time it's at the Summit Club in Vegas. Uh, Steve Elkington is with me and elk back to back weeks in Vegas for these guys. For some of them anyway, I mean you've got to feel the heat.
0: You gotta feel the heat or you gotta feel the hangover. One of the other, Diane, when you go <laughs> I was talking to you off air about Vegas, two weeks playing twice. That that would be awfully hard for my era of guys, Diane, when they we would go there and we would finish up at some of these cozy places, watching some shows at night, bring bring our wives or girlfriends or whatever you had going at the time in and, and live it up a little bit. That may be why that we're not going to be tipping some guys this week. They may have taken on too much on the strip. But this group of players, Diane, is a young bunch that are, you know, hungry and eager to win tournaments. And there's a few – when I start to handicap an event like this, of course, we don't know much about. We have to think of who's there for what reasons, who's already got their motor running wide open, who Mm. is starting from cold still. And I think that all is very important and weighs into it all.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean there was a lot going on in Vegas last week with the Shriners Children's Open there was the uh, Fury versus Wilder fight I saw a lot of the guys there um, so there's always something going on in Vegas but for a lot of the guys this is going to be their first appearance of this fall season on the PGA Tour and you know I'm thinking of the big names that are playing like Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas Tony Finau these guys are really making their first appearance since the Ryder Cup.
0: Yeah, and and I'm looking down the list here, and I, and you know we'll get into the handicapping of this. Um, <clears throat> you have to think, you know, those guys had a very long stretch at the end of the season. Talking Dustin Johnson, guys that were in the Presidents Cup, Alexander Choffley, uh some of these guys that are coming out to Vegas to play this week in a no cut event. Mm-hmm. Are they trying new equipment? Are they um, have they been laying off, not working on their game? So. Um, you know, when I think of Dustin Johnson and think of Vegas, is not a great mix. Although I love I love DJ and he's he's my guy, but you know I'm not going to be putting big cash on DJ this week just because it's probably a relaxing week for him. He's had a long year. He 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 had a flat middle of the season. We we couldn't place him anywhere in our top five for a number of reasons. And then all of a sudden, uh, Diane, he burst on and had five points in the Ryder Cup. And I got to think that. Um, That's going to suit him well. That'll, that, that, I think that'll just sort of, um, give him a feeling of like, okay, everything was kind of off all year, but now everybody, I have everybody's attention and now I'm going to sort of refocus maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's Dustin Johnson. He always has people's attention and he's always floating around kind of at the top of the the favorite board, but he is definitely the favorite this week at, well, I found him at 12 to 1. He's 10 to 1 on most sites. Um, Him, Justin Thomas, who's won the CJ Cup twice before, albeit not, not even on a different course but on a completely different continent and Xander Shoffley as well so those are the three names that are being banded about as the favourites this week but as you say it's a no-cut event 78 players and what makes it kind of difficult to handicap this event this week is well we do have the world's best i mean a lot of them anyway 24 of the top 30 on the official world golf rankings but this is the first time that we're seeing the summit club in vegas last year the cj cup was held at shadow creek we're on to another tom fazio design in the summit club elk it's a par 72 just over 7400 yards but as soon as i say to you it's a fazio design there are definitely characteristics that spring to mind
0: yeah, and, and, and Vegas, of course, we all know everything's flashy and shiny in Vegas. There will be waterfalls. There will be, you know, flowers everywhere. And, and it's built for that style of uh, clientele in Vegas. But, you know, you mentioned a few favorites in Vegas on your list just then. But I'm looking slightly different, Diane. I'm looking at a couple of members there Colin Morikawa and Maverick McNeely. And out of those two, it would be crazy to. Th- money all over Morikawa but he's coming from dead still he hasn't played although he's a member of this course however Maverick McNeely Diane he could be my favorite he finished second in Napa he's finally sort of starting to grasp a position of what he's supposed to do on the tour this guy this guy used to be Morikawa Shoffley he destroyed these guys in college and he's been sitting patiently not playing very good golf working changing on his swing could Maverick McNeely, Diane be the favorite in this event? Second place in Napa, swinging great, going to his home course. He's the course record holder yeah. at this course with a sixty one. Now you asked me about Fazio courses. Fazio has big undulating greens, and and here's the trick about Fazio courses. as soon as you as soon as you as soon as we're on tour and we start hearing we're we going to a new Fazio course. We know that it's not anything just to hit the green. You've got to get it back into these big swales, and he has undulations and Fazio's like a, a four-leaf clover, Diane, with humps in the four-leaf clover. So, if you're going to do well on those courses, it's not enough to hit the green. You've got to be one of the best iron players. Of course, uh, Morikawa is at the top of that list, but we're going to we've got to look at a lot of these guys. But I have to be—I have to tell you straight up, Diane—I am looking at players that are already got something going. I'm not doing anything with anyone that's coming from. Being rested right now
1: and the other thing about Vegas I've been checking the weather forecast and it's going to be chilly I mean we're talking 50s in the morning it's going to be up to you know 70s almost 80 in the afternoon but the wind is not going to play a factor I saw quite a lot of videos even from the Shriners last week in Vegas and from the start of the week with a lot of wind out there but it is going to die down the conditions are going to improve for the tournament we're talking maybe 8-10 to miles per hour Um, 2000 feet of elevation here as well and by all (laughs) from everything I've heard about this course you know it's a resort course it's going to be as you said flashy you know I think of Shadow Creek it just looked like golf Disneyland with all these like extravagant waterfalls and I mean it's immaculate looking but with it being a resort style course and the first time that we've seen this course used as a PGA Tour venue Surely that means low scoring and the guys are going to tear it up.
0: Yeah, because the field is so strong, it's a sprint right out of the gate. And that's why I'm sort of thinking right now that I want players, um, you know, that are hot right now, that are that are playing good golf right now, that have been playing the last couple of weeks. I mentioned uh, Maverick McNeely, who missed a cut last week, in vegas however i just i feel like there's game sitting right under the surface there Mm -hmm. i'm looking at mark leishman uh diane who's finished third twice in his last two starts he's number one on the tour right now for putting i was texting with mark the other night talking about i'm so impressed with him because he always plays his best golf when he's under the most pressure Mm -hmm. and he texts me a stat that someone gave him which he's never a guy to talk about himself but he actually ranks diane since strokes gain started in um since ever it started he's he's number one ranked in uh, strokes gained on playing the best golf under pressure now you and i know that i don't i'm not that crazy about strokes gained in fact strokes gained is impossible to handicap with sort of for example if you had the best putter on the tour like leishman and maybe one of the Worst putters like Duffner. Yeah, okay. That's easy to see that. But when you're in the locker room and you look at Strokes Game over the over a long season and you see that you're four or five shots worse than someone else that's sitting next to you in the locker room, that's where strokes gains works. Yeah. Where it doesn't work as much for me is week to week and you look at it in the handicapping thing where when you're talking about putting, strokes gain doesn't know where you are on the green. And if you're on slopey greens, yeah. it you know, you don't know if you had an uphill putt or a downhill putt and whether you could have made it or not. So, We'll throw that into the equation as well.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you've already mentioned some names that we're definitely gonna dive into and talk about a little bit more. But the thing about this course is, you know, Vegas being the desert, the strip being the, the forefront of Vegas. This is a, a real Parkland style course that kind of just fell into the middle of the desert. And I mean, it's the same with Shadow Creek, isn't it? But you get great views of the strip from this course. There's a lot of bunkers, 64 bunkers on the course kind of protecting those greens, which again, Tom Fazio design, you would kind of expect that really undulating bent grass greens. But the fairways are wide. So when you compare it to what we saw last week at TBC Summerlin, this is by far an easier track and maybe a a course that's going to favor not only the bombers, but accuracy is not going to be so important.
0: Yeah, rec- recreated parklands, Diane. There's no parklands <laughs> in Vegas. It's re- it's every <laughs> everything is recreated in Vegas. You know this? Yeah, I mean, two thousand <laughs> above sea level. We talked so much about how far these guys hit it. Uh, last week we had to have them in the fairway, and putting was a very important thing. The straightest driver last week. Some JM, uh, you know, put on a clinic there, and. and it's interesting, you know, he won his fiftieth event and then he won his hundredth event. Does he have to wait another fifty to to do what he does? But um, yeah, of course, hitting the ball long and straight is an advantage. You think of guys like Justin Thomas. I'm looking at Victor Hovland on my list. And then you think of different players, right? You think of different players like Max Honma, who won in Napa a few weeks ago. Starting to get a lot of confidence, putts really good, plays good out on the West Coast, different style of play. You don't you don't you know, correlate Max Honma with big bombs off the tee. So, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you're right. This course doesn't have much protection off the tee. Fazio Greens will some, but I, I do, I'm going to stand by and say that it's, it's going to be a very low score. We saw what, 24 last week on that on that course. It'll probably be more this week. So we're talking six, seven under every day. And as I said at the top, I want guys that are, already knocked the rust off. They're already doing something on the golf course, you know, Playing well already to come out and do something.
1: Um, and as we were saying, you know, this being the first time that we've seen the Summit Club on the PGA Tour and low scoring, we saw that 24 under last week at TBC Summerlin. I think of um, like Caves Valley for the BMW Championship, and that being the first time we'd seen that course just a couple of months ago, they got to 27 under par. I mean, again, we're looking for those super low scores every day, and guys are going to have to be hot right out of the gate. We're going to go through some of our picks. And as you say, a lot of the names that we have on our list are guys who have form. I said at the top that the favorites, um, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, all around 12 to one. Colin Colin Morikawa, 16 to one. And Elk, you mentioned it, that he's a member of this course and shot 62 round there, which was the course record before Maverick McNeely just beat it with a 61. But, um, you know, Colin Morikawa, we saw amazing form from him um, last season, just a stellar season. Then at the Ryder Cup, at 16-1, to 1, we we know that he is one of the most elite iron players on uh, in the field. And he's playing on his home course. So it would be very difficult to overlook him this week.
0: Yeah, you can't overlook Morikawa. Seemed to get back into form a little bit, partnered with Dustin Johnson at the Ryder Cup. For some reason, Diane, people in the media were worried about Colin Morikawa's game coming into the Ryder Cup. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's just sort of had a, a crazy summer, won the Open Championship. Was it over in Japan and back and all over and just kind of had to catch his breath. But you're right about his iron play. And the, how do you handicap a guy that's on his home course? Well, if you, if you came to my home course, you're a, champions. I'm a And the tour came here today. I'd probably be a stroke better than the than the guys just right out of the gate, just because I know all the positions on the greens. It's one thing to play a practice round at this course, Diane, and hit a shot to where the pin is that day, but how do you know when the wind's going from right to left and the mm-hmm. pins in the back left, and the next day it's into the wind and the pins on the uh, you know you, they have so much an advantage. So how do we how do I handicap? I'm going to give Morikawa one stroke advantage one-and-a-half strokes advantage, and Maverick nearly one, one stroke. And, and I'm putting Maverick McNeely there. I've got Kevin Nair on my list, Diane, had a rib injury and couldn't play last week on one of his favorite courses. I have to consider Nair because he lives in Vegas and he knows the weather and he knows this course, I'm sure. So I'm sneakily sitting Nair just under my radar if, you know, the rib is right.
1: Kevin has fifty-five to one this week, so good odds. But Maverick McNeely at eighty to one, there's value in him for sure. Well, that'd be
0: the best. That'd be the best yeah. bet on the board. Maverick McNeely would be. He'd be overlooked by most, you know, average people that aren't thinking. They're just looking at all the big names. You should start to look at the big names. Justin Johnson, we talked about coming from dead cold. Justin Thomas, I've seen he's been practicing in Jupiter. I've seen him on Instagram. Working very hard, got a new caddy. Not worried about JT, but I just don't think it's going to happen this week. Could, but uh, Victor Hovland hasn't showed me much last week. However, he's a very good iron player, Victor, and he's always got that attitude we like. I looked at a couple of other players like Neiman. Aaron Wise was a name I, I ticked on my list, Diane. Uh, played great, you know, lives out west coast, west coast in Oregon. He will be very motivated to get back into it. The, the guy's... A lot of these guys, Diane, they're going to play the CJ Cup. They're going to go across to Japan and play the Zozo, maybe drop into Houston, some of them, but it's kind of winding down and you've got a no-cut, no-cut, Tigers event late in the year. I mean, this is kind of a collection time for these guys. Are they super serious about the golf right now? Mm -hmm. Well, some are, 50-50, I'm saying, for Maverick McNeely, he's 100% Hundred percent on go. He needs a win. He needs to prove things to himself and everyone around him. The uh, Leashman's very motivated. Was you know hadn't didn't see his coach any last year. Finished up getting a win with Cam Smith in the uh, New Orleans tournament. I see Cam's playing this week. I was with him a couple of weeks ago. I love his game, great putter, but I'm not. I'm not putting it on him this week
1: yeah okay then right so let's recap quickly there Maverick McNeely at 80 to 1 he's already had a second place finish this season in the Fortinet championship in Napa miscut at the Shriners last week which I guess is a surprise being a Vegas guy you, you kind of think oh well, that goes hand in hand with him however his his numbers off the tee are so strong and this being his home course he's gonna know those those positions that he has to get to on those Fazio greens. So, McNeely at 80 to 1. Aaron Wise, who just is following up after a, a T8 finish at the Shriners last week, huge improvements in his ball striking. And that approach shot for him has always been the strength of his game. So, hopefully, he's going to have a little bit of confidence. And at 60 to 1, Aaron Wise, Elk, he was on my list as well. So, I feel like he's a good pick.
0: Yeah. And a couple of the other young guys that I like, Diane Anser, uh Abraham Anser from, you know, from Mexico, they play at a little altitude in Mexico. Don't know if he's been home or not, but he'd be very used to playing at altitude, um, you know, 2000 feet. It's some ball goes further. And, you know, when we used to go play in Denver, I hit a seven iron, let's say 160 yards. And now you have to account for a 180 yard seven iron. Mm-hmm. Well, what the hardest thing about playing at altitude, at least it was for me, is looking up at the green and seeing myself at you know two hundred yards away, and then trying to convince myself to hit a normal looking six iron. I mean, normally at sea level it might be a four iron, but up there it's a six. It was getting over the visual part of it. So okay. start to think of guys like Nah, I'm keep coming back to McNeely, keep coming back to Morikawa, Burns of course is so so hot. Thought he might have. I talked about in our show last week who didn't think he could do the double. He didn't do the double, but he was right there last week. Abraham answer, very good iron player, used to playing at Altitude. Um, Joaquin Neiman is a good iron player. You know, young guys, these, these young guys that haven't been playing, they're the only guys, you know, that I'm giving the nod to that are coming from, you know, being rested. Brooks Kepka was out in Vegas last week, didn't do much. We predicted that. Um, you know, there's players are doing things for different reasons. To me, Diane, it's very important to know, you know, what's the mindset, how, how much effort is actually going into this particular week on each player. We know in horse racing, Diane, we never bet on a horse that's coming out of the gate until he's third run. That's when he knows he's the most serious. It's a little bit like that for golf you know for some players
1: well I mean looking at hot players right now you mentioned Sam Burns after just getting that win a couple of weeks ago I mean his it was his putter that let him down down the stretch at the Shriners you know Sanjay M with that nine under round on Sunday to go take the win but you know you would argue you've mentioned him already but maybe the hottest player that we've seen this fall season is Mark Leishman I mean he he will admit it and and he's a secret golf contributor so we talk about him a lot but he had a pretty disappointing flat season last year um, and already starting in Napa finishing fourth and then third last week at the Shriners we've always talked about the fact that his iron play is amazing that approach shot, Elk you always say that you could put him anywhere beside the green and that guy's probably going to get up and down But his putter is really shining out right now as well. So if he can keep that going and the rest of his game, he's gaining in pretty much every single area, then this could be a brilliant week for him. And at 40 to 1, those odds have definitely been slashed a bit after, of course, that finish in Vegas last week. But 40 to 1 is good value for Leishman as well.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when we think about this tournament, you know, Everything you said is true, and, and we also know. Last week, by the way, and I think you'll know this, uh, we predicted twenty-four under was going to win last week, uh, six under per day, and I think it's going to be a little bit more this week. So, who can actually do that? Who's who's hot enough? Well, we know we know Mark Leishman for What everything you just said is hot enough to do that. Jordan Spieth's another one Diane, We haven't mentioned. I was just looking at my list right here, and Jordan's coming off a rest. Uh Alexander Schauffler we haven't talked about Patrick Reed didn't show us much last week he's sort of still trying to get feedback under him after he had whatever mysterious COVID pneumonia whatever that was uh, but and we also haven't talked about Rory McIlroy Diane your side of the pond is represented quite well this week a lot of the European guys are over what are you hearing out of Rory McIlroy's camp is he going to be Rested enough to sort of, you know, it was very awkward in a certain sense for him at the Ryder Cup where he got off to such a poor start. The media on your side of the pond got on top of him and just rode him into the ground and just demoralized his sort of feel about Rory. And then he won his match on Sunday. Where is he, you think, now? Is he going to, is he back straightened out a little bit?
1: I read something earlier that said, um, you know, following Rory's spectacular season last season. And I'm like, that was not spectacular. I'm sure that is 100% not the word that he would use to describe his year. And we all saw it on the Sunday after he fine won his singles match but he was so emotional because he knew that the first two days he hadn't played up to the standard that's expected of someone like Rory not just in a Ryder Cup but in general and the standard he expects of himself so Rory is 18 to 1 but I just don't see it right now I and we've talked about this a lot, probably over the past year, really, that there seems to be some sort of spark missing from Rory week after week after week. Fine, we see it sometimes, but are we seeing the Rory that we were used to seeing week in, week out? I mean, definitely not.
0: Yeah, it seems like, you know, he has all the pieces in his swing and, you know, he was crooked for a while, took on a new coach and went out and won uh, Quail Hollow a few weeks later last year's, year for Rory was very average with a win. I mean, if he didn't have the win, it would be disastrous, but uh, he does have that one bright spot that when he does get things, you know, lined up mentally for, I think it's all mental, honestly, for Rory. I mean, I saw him in the Ryder Cup missing putts by a foot or whatever. It's got to be all mental because you know, it's just uh, it's, it's very difficult for a guy of that skill not to be able to compete when you think of guys like Rahm who, you know, got in there and really dug out a couple of points. That's kind of Rory where you're used to seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got Shane Lowry playing this week. We've got uh, uh, Poulter who played last week. Uh, I'm not getting any sort of rise, nice. Diane, out of that contingent on my chart yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you?
1: No, um, going back to Rory, there was one thing that I was just going to touch on is um, when he won at Quail Hollow in 2017 Quail Hollow had been redesigned by Tom Fazio Um, some other people involved in that too but so that's funny because a lot of people have drawn a lot of similarities to from Summit to Quail Hollow so that could be a plus point for Rory but you know those wide fairways and we know that the length that Rory has off the tee but I think one of the real problem areas of his game well compared to his usual standards and what we would expect from him in years gone by is that shot from 100 yards in, I mean, it should be that pitch, that short iron shot for him, um, wedges, I mean, that seems to be like the the cause of concern right now because he's not getting the ball close enough to the hole and then he's not making the putts. So it's um, that could be an interesting point to look at this week too.
0: I was just looking at my list here and by the way, I didn't tell you this is a bit of gossip news for oh. you, but I was at, I was at Cypress Point Last week, lucky enough, Lisa and I were out in Carmel Valley, and I I ran into the biggest heartthrob of the whole tour, and Adam Scott was at Cypress Point. He was playing with another group and and talked to Scotty. Did you know he went to UNLV in Vegas? And he's going to feel very good when he's out there this week. Well, well, what do you have for Scotty on odds this week? And was I right with the heartthrob of the, um, the the two older guys that I was playing with at Cypress? They had a picture with Adam, and they're like, God, he's so good looking. (laughs) How's he? (laughs) I'm like, are you guys okay? I mean...
1: Adam Scott, I'm seeing here at 50 to 1. Actually, this board that I'm looking at right now for the odds, uh, they have Mark Leishman at 50 to 1. So we might want to jump on that. But yeah, Adam Scott at 50 to 1. He's got a new caddy on the bag as well. So um, that's going to be interesting to see. I only know that because his caddy, uh, before John Lamonti, he lives in Jacksonville and I saw him on Chesson Hadley's bag. Um, a few weeks ago in this fall season already. So, Adam with a new caddy. And yeah, I mean, we've already talked about the Vegas guys in Kevin Na and McNeely and Morikawa, but Adam Scott could be a little bit underlooked this week as well.
0: Yeah, I'm looking uh, looking through here. You know, as I as I sort of start to close my thinking on this course, you know, it's a new course. Okay, we get that. We know the players know it's going to be twenty five under. So how do they get ready for this event? They're going to work on their putting. They're going to try to get the irons into these big Fazio undulating greens because they're not going to make 40 footers with 20 feet of break. So you've got to hit good shots. How do you hit good shots in there? You've got to get yourself in the fairway, get yourself in position where you can put some spin on the ball. So as they get ready and work through their, uh, you know, work through their practice sessions this week, Diane, we've already talked about the guys that know the course, that are very comfortable and that, you know, they have a huge advantage, course record holders, et cetera, et cetera. They know the putts. The emphasis on the people that are picking their players for their pools and SG Tour is open this week, Diane. You're going to have to look at guys that are hot, already doing something. You've got to get your... There's no cut this week so we've got to get four players to make a move right out of the gate.
1: Um, I've got two names that I'm going to throw into the mix as well um, that are... Slightly higher odds, not quite as high as McNeely, but my first guy, Elk, is Taylor Gooch at 65-1. to Now, looking at his results in the fall season so far, he had a fourth-place finish at the Fortinet in Napa, coming off a T11 at the Shriners last week. But his big stats that he just excels at, and he's up there in the top five in all these stats on the PGA Tour right now, scrambling playing around the green and then making putts from that kind of pressure distance three foot four foot six foot he's leading on the PGA Tour right now with that but um, Taylor Gooch finished fifth at the CJ Cup last year fine different course but still in Vegas but I think that that approach shot and playing around the green is going to be so vital this week. And this guy is just standing out. So at 65-1, to I'm definitely not overlooking Taylor Gooch and the form that he's got right now.
0: Well, I like everything you said there. You know, interestingly, our own Jason Kokrak, who won the CJ Cup last year at a different course. Everybody who knows golf knows that Jason Kokrak is one of the longest hitters. But here's a little did you know. (laughs) <laughs> last year, the CJ Cup, he ranked like 35th the week of last year when he won in driving distance. Why was that? He almost laid up every hole. He took on the idea that if it, for him to do well, he had to position himself almost with irons off every tee. So, there you go, Diane. You've got to be able to and, – and this course, of course, is different. This is a uh, – we don't know actually know exactly with the wind, as you've noted, and the higher altitude. We don't know what they're hitting off all these tees. Um, and I know it's up on the edge of this, the hill. I've seen this course on TV when they played a college event there. And there's going to be some long drives. But, you know, you've got to still get the ball in play. I mean, if you want to win the tournament, you've got to get to 25 under.
1: Um, One other person that I'm going to throw up is uh, someone else who performed great at the CJ Cup last year. He had the 54-hole lead and ended up finishing in a tie for third. But Russell Henley, I'm getting at 60-1 to this week. And we've talked about him so much before, Elk. But the thing about Henley is that uh, that approach shot, his long irons, he is—he excels with his greens and regs stats season after season. Finished tied 21st last week, but he's such an elite iron player. And we've been talking for really the whole of last season that there's another win coming for Russell Henley so soon. It's the final day putting is, I think, the thing that he has to overcome. But 60 to 1, good odds for Russell Henley this week too.
0: Yeah, you we watched him at the U.S. Open. He held the lead for like three days at the U.S. Open then got run over at the end by John Rahm. But you just said something there that's interesting, which is that final day putting, which is pretty much pressure. You know, I, I was a pretty good putter for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then on Sunday, when you're not – like it's not your strength, you know, then it pulls you down. We saw it with Burns last week. Um But then on the other hand, we already talked about during the show about a guy who plays the best under pressure, which is Mark Leishman. And it's very interesting to me, Diane, how uh, some of these players, you know, we saw Tiger Woods for all those years, play his absolute best golf under the most pressure. And um, we've always talked talked about whether your brother's near the lead, for example, will he play? Will he be able to play that again tomorrow, you know? Uh, will you know? Will Sergio be able to putt good on Sunday? You know, we know he can do it. You know, so you're bringing in all the right ingredients to the to the idea here that it, that that you can't just look at the statistics and say, okay, well, I'm just going to lay that down across the board for the whole week. It changes, but when you have guys, if you noted with Henley, good swing, very aggressive player, can chip the ball and get up and down the green. He's always in it, so. You know, we have to take everything into consideration. You know, Henley, I don't know what he's been. I don't know his current form. He played good last year. So I've already got some guys pinned ahead of him to start this week. uh, And I'm looking for hot starts.
1: Okay. I like it. Right, Elk. Thank you very much. It's going to be fun to see the Summit Club in Vegas this week.
0: Now, as you open my team, Diane, when you see my team this week open on SG Tour, by the way, you've improved your play so much on SG Tour. You've even had a win or two last year. You're under a, I think you're under a different logo now with your dog, which I think makes you may uh, much more dangerous a competitor when you see two dogs up there. But, um you're going to see I'm going to be loaded with guys that are going to sprint out of the gate. So don't be surprised, don't be shocked if I'm up there early.
1: Okay, well, um, I'm definitely going to be. I've, I saw your invitations come through, so I'm going to get my teams in. And I am, I think my strength this week is going to be the slight underdog guys who are going to make moves up. So I'm going to go through all four tiers, and I'll be picking my team and going up against you. And I'm hoping to keep my run of form going.
0: And of course, if anyone that listens to this and wants to play with us on the SG Tour app, they can go on there, join, and get themselves set up. We have every kind of payment in there now Venmo, credit card. So we have a $10 game, Elk's Big CJ Cup game. It's going to play a tour payout. So everybody makes a little money back. So we're going to have fun with that this week, Diane.
1: Yeah, I've seen you've got a $10 game and that $25 game where the top three win. And right now I'm a little bit money hungry. So that's the one that I'm putting all my eggs in. (laughs) into the basket right Elk thank you very much and um, we will next week actually it's exciting for the tour because after COVID and all the travel restrictions we get to travel they're off to Japan for the Zozo Championship so we will do our podcast and give you our top picks then
0: Sports Social Podcast Network